2: Jen And I'm Leigh. And welcome back to the Day Nat Podcast.
0: Welcome. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm not doing well. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to bitch about something petty as it may be, but I pride myself in the way that I cook. And you know what? I'm just not happy. <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I, yeah, I love to cook. So if you follow us on Instagram, which it should already be, wtn podcast on instagram but um i'll post like things that i'm making and i love seafood so today i decided i was going to make my family like tempura so i was going to do cauliflower tempura broccoli tempura shrimp tempura and then my husband i think he's like flipping steaks downstairs i don't know (laughs) Anyway, i was on tempura duty typically it goes super well today it did not And I'm just like looking at these shrimp and I'm just wondering like, why, why, why have you done this? How, why have you betrayed me? I mean, did you go wrong? uh, (laughs) It's not going to waste. We're not wasting shrimp. Not over here. Not shrimp. (laughs) No, never, never that. Um, So that has me kind of down. Uh, (laughs) I know. I mean, it it, was all the things that are happening, COVID. (laughs) Like, anti-Black racism on the high. I'm like, you know what really grinds my gears? Bad batch of shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) of shrimp. shrimp doesn't stick to tempura. How dare it? What? (laughs) Up and arms over it and tears over it. Like, I need to get my life together. Priority. I'm kidding, friends. Everything's fine. I'm well. Everyone's healthy and strong. So we're not going to complain. But that just kind of had me annoyed.
2: Anyway, Shen. I could just imagine you weeping over the frying pan.
0: <laughs> um, I was getting so angry. Leon's like, "Are you okay in there?" I was like talking to myself. So I'm crying. I'm like, "Why does it look like? Why does it look like this? What happened? What happened to you? Why are you not crying? From- <laughs> who are you? Who are? Who are you engaging with in there? The broccoli is that what's happening?" Yeah, full on conversation with the broccoli and the shrimp. I was just wondering why. Enough about me. Let's talk about you and your humble abode. I know. I finally
2: moved into my house thank god oh my goodness what an ordeal oh my Mm. gosh i'm so happy though honestly um it's been a lot this has been a long ass week i am so tired i basically just like ran downstairs just now like in the middle of like unpacking yeah <laughs> and I'm like everybody shut up for an hour leave me alone <laughs> but um
0: much but I'm getting a little look see <laughs> see behind a <her> shoulder <laughs> this is
2: John's area so you're gonna see action figures and
0: <laughs> oh. I like it just the same
2: um but yeah it's been a lot of work and obviously it's quite difficult when you have uh, a toddler with you running around and you're trying to unpack and they're trying to eat nails so <laughs> um but I'm happy nonetheless she loves it winter i've never seen her this happy she is Aww. like running in circles just screaming at the top of her lungs
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> winter's embodying like you like you're daria so you'll never be that but winter ever like- you should be acting because we live in our own damn house. We're really-
2: moving.
0: <laughs> Winter's
2: me. And yeah. I am she. <laughs> uh, you know, someone in the family has to have that kind of energy.
0: It's, it's
2: just, true. It's not me. I was, like, telling people, I am so happy to be in my house. They're like, are you Are you yeah. really happy? I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I'm just so happy. I could cry and they're like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I swear. I'm happy. <laughs> Prove it. know. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean>, <laughs> All right, it's so funny, but yeah, um, I mentioned it on my Instagram. I was trying to put winter or transition her into a toddler bed, so I put it out there on Instagram to see what people thought. <laughs> I got mixed opinions. A lot of people yeah. are like, if she's into it, do it, or wait till she's three years old. And honestly, I just feel that winter's ready because like she's already hyped for getting a new room, mm-hmm. like she walked in and was mm-hmm. like, what? So I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is your new bed, and she's like, wow, wow. So I was like, all right, good night. <laughs> Close the door. See you later. <laughs> yeah. The first night, she was a little bit scared, but she slept in her room for the most part. And then yesterday, I was so happy. She slept the whole night in her room. Like, Yay! The-, <laughs> the only problem was she woke up at the ash crack of dawn, and like let herself out, and was like, hey, hello. Hello.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh
2: my God. And I was in the other room unpacking. So I didn't say anything. I wanted to see what she would do because I'm kind of freaked out about her going down the stairs. Yeah. But I have a really big, tall gate at the top of my stairs because I don't trust her. So I like peeked through the window and I'm like, okay, what is she going to do? And she like walked around. Then she went in the kitchen. <laughs> then she came back out the kitchen. And then she just sat in the middle of the living room on the rug. And it was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, hi. She's like, hey, mom. <laughs> ah. <laughs> She's so cute.
0: Just exploring, you know, just uh, checking out, checking out the place. <laughs> That's cute. I could never. Yara, Mm-mm. terrorized. Listen, I am not ready. I am from the camp of keep her in that crib <laughs> until her feet are busting through. <laughs> like I'm keeping Yara in that crib until Yara is like old enough to like climb out of it and say I want a bed like because I just can't with her destroying like I'm pulling everything out of the drawers and destroying the books and like pulling down the dolls I cannot nope I need the crib to keep her confined judge me if you wish but
2: I'm not judging you I mean winter's room is empty now so i put her dresser into her closet so i can close it so the only thing in there right now is her bed and all of her bookshelves are mounted really high and the only thing she's gonna have in there is her desk and her easel because i want her room just to be like very minimalistic and just a place where she can you know draw and do her work and then when she Outside, she can play, or she has like a play area downstairs. So, I don't think there'll be much she can do or much she can destroy. So, I'm just contemplating if I should just put a lock on the door or (laughs) gate up the doorway. But I'm really, I don't know how I feel about putting a lock on the door. Like, me and John are going back and forth. I'm like, I feel really uncomfortable about it. But he's like, you know what? She'll stay inside. I'm like, I don't know. I just, it feels aggressive. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It feels a bit aggressive.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll see it's up in the air to be decided
0: for giving you a win to that responsibility mm-hmm. so friends this week we have another guest we just got guest after guest mm-hmm. after guest. it's a hot summer <laughs> listen it sure is it's a hot hot summer more mm-hmm. people are stuck at home and they're like fine i guess i ain't got nothing else to do <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> i'll join you but regardless we're happy and we're so honored. Um, so we have Shanika here, friends. Um, she is just, I mean, I will allow her to introduce herself, but let me just say that like, I just was so enamored with her, um, from her, um, interaction with Jesse Crookshank. And then she was also like, she did like a live with her and it was so informative and so honest. And uh, yeah, I was just like, definitely at some stage, like we have to collab and I'm so, so happy that that's finally happening so Mm -hmm. Shanika hello guys thanks for having
1: me oh my god I'm so excited you guys are so much fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited you're excited listen we're we're super happy so I mean before we get into who you are uh we'll of course have to check in with you so tell us Shanika how's your week been
1: um the week's been flying by i'm doing like a summer school program right now for kids in grade three so like most of the day i'm busy doing that mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean it's been busy like I, I try to keep myself really busy especially now the weather's really nice and like you know yeah. it's gonna be winter mm-hmm. soon for the next like 55 years here so might as well <laughs> the sunshine um i took it upon myself to start running so I Ooh. just started that like two days ago and like the last time I went out for a run was probably like eight years ago. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, you know what, let me just try this. So I've been doing that. I mean, I only did it once, let's be real, but still it's
0: like <laughs> a big deal. Once so, listen, once is so more than none.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um, other than that, it's like the week's been great. I mean, it's kind of gone downhill after their little announcement that happened this morning, um, in regards to their school's reopening. But I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit later, but yeah, Mm. honestly, it's been been blessed. It's been a blessed week.
2: (laughs) Awesome. And we're glad to hear. Okay. So let's go into our week's Bama Noms.
0: Yeah. So, um, We are nominating bomb moms. And before I jump into my nomination, do I need to do this? Yes, I do. Friends, (laughs) please nominate bomb moms. Please (laughs) nominations. (laughs) We are tired of asking you. Like, it makes no sense to me because I know that we have a community of mothers who follow us and who we love, and yet they're not nominating their friends. They're not nominating themselves. It's crazy. Just send us a DM, nominate yourself. We will, we will shout you out. Like it's no problem. Like I said, we'd love if you nominated a friend, but we'll, we'll take self nominations. Those were to nominate bomb moms, friends, just send us DMS, mm-hmm. check them. Um, anyway, this week, my bomb mom nom is Tamar Braxton. Um, I think it was the, the last episode, the dating episode where Danielle shout out to D uh briefly mentioned that um you know she was thinking of tamar and keeping her in her thoughts and prayers Mm -hmm. Uh, she wasn't just wasn't comfortable getting into you know what was going on with her and i'm not necessarily going to get into it today because i think that you know it's kind of private even though Mm -hmm. yeah figure but ultimately i just want to shout her out i know that it's a very difficult time and i know that motherhood can be really really challenging in addition to the all the other things that you know we have to experience and we have to deal with on an everyday basis but i just think so highly of her for using her platform now to speak openly about what she's going through um and just to you know acknowledge to try to humanize i guess mental health and men- mental illness so um tamar accent uh you know here at wally Knack, we're definitely thinking of you and praying mm-hmm.
1: you.
0: you're my bomb mom now. sending good vibes yeah man
2: who you got yeah um so i'm going to nominate this week a uh, local boss mom um her page is called Shade. i actually met her while i was on maternity leave i know i mentioned in my la- older episodes that i like hung up with random moms when i was bored and lonely and i got to meet really cool amazing women and mothers and i really admire her she um, I remember talking to her and she said that she barely took a mat leave because she's an entrepreneur. She has a hairline and a hair salon. And I remember her saying like, you know, I had a baby in the corner, or breastfeeding baby and, you know, booking clients and she was hustling out here. And, you know, I really admire a mom that, you know, is about her hustle no matter what like you're a mother always but she did not put anything else aside and you know she, her business was her first baby and she really committed to it so I really admire her so I want to shout
0: her out yes and I've also bought hair from her and listen the hair that I bought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> those trusses were popping <laughs> but yeah shout out to Shiba Shade for sure so Shanika yeah, yeah
2: Shanika
1: <laughs> um I've got a bomb mom um she also happens to be my mom I hope that's okay yeah <laughs>
2: I love those ones okay I
1: have to I mean like I couldn't not she's like my bestie and you know I I have to get I have to shout her out because this woman raised three kids mostly on her own and mm-hmm. like we weren't rich or anything but like I can tell you I never in my life ever felt like I was lacking and like when i look back at even christmases and stuff like that like we she always made sure that we like our house was overflowing with gifts and she's just Aww. so generous worked so hard on those front lines right now and um i just love her so she's
0: my mom mom oh
2: <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love when people nominate
0: their moms likewise it's like it's just it's beautiful because i think yeah, especially when you have an opportunity to highlight a mom I think you can't help but think of your own right and I know that that's not the case for everybody you know mm-hmm. some people have really strained relationships with their moms and I'm very empathetic to that because I'm so close with my mom so even wrapping my head around that is tough but um, yeah when you have a mom who's just like you know so supportive and so loving and it pours into you you want to shout them out man mm-hmm. yeah it's a blessing definitely well oh, today's okay. topic <laughs> I'm sorry, Shan, so, like, oh, man, Shanika and I are just like, ugh. <laughs> now it's, you're like, I okay. it's my meal. You know what? <laughs> so let me just say this. So I, I've said before, I'm a high school teacher, and Shanika is a elementary school teacher, and again, in a second, I'll give her, you know, we'll give her a chance to kind of explain who she is and what she does um but we got some news today if you know for those of you who are living in ontario that we're going to be going back to school and there's definitely just mixed feelings about it because there hasn't been much direction as to like what that's really going to look like for teachers and i feel like there hasn't been a lot of consultation about you know what our what our jobs are going to entail because it's like they're still throwing around different variables about part-time and online and all these different things so it's really confusing really stressful um, so yeah, I feel like this episode is, is quite timely in, in, in that way, um, but we're not just talking about education because that's just not the only thing really um, that I feel like speaks to who Shen and I are, mm-hmm. who she is, or what we believe in. Uh, we're talking about race and education. Um, and on today's episode, it's going to be, you know, a, 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 a couple different things. We're gonna look at um, what race looks like or why it's important to talk about race to your kids um, and, and and how to kind of navigate that discussion. And then we're also gonna talk about what racism looks like in the education system because it is in the education system um, mm-hmm. and why it's important from for parents of you know all backgrounds to try and you know combat it and call it out and condemn it. Oh, and then we're gonna look at the, the September. <laughs>
2: you know what I, I didn't listen to the news today or no. i wasn't really on social media so i didn't even know that oh
0: god you mm.
2: oh, no.
0: it's a thing it's a thing girl so, i'm gonna need some details on this no good listen it's a perfect day because Shanika going to provide some insight for sure so mm-hmm. get into it Shanika tell them a little bit about who you are what you do and why you're so awesome <laughs>
1: Um, so I'm Shanika. Um, I am a teacher in Toronto. I currently teach grade five. Um, I mean, right now in the summer program, I'm doing grade three, but grade five is, you know, my grade. (laughs) Um, I, I love teaching, honestly, like it is sometimes I'm like, wow, like, I cannot believe that I'm getting paid for this. Like, it's genuinely like, when I'm having a bad day or if something's wrong in my life, just bring it to school and like all is well in the world again. I love it so, so much. Um, Aww.
2: That's yeah, amazing.
1: no, like, I love it. I love it so, so much. And uh, besides being a teacher, um, I love to travel. Um, I moved to England right after I graduated, and that's where I had my first teaching experience. Um, but I also like got the travel bug there and started traveling throughout Europe and then, um, I mean, kind of continued on to 34 countries, which I'm like super proud of and so able to see, you know, beautiful parts of the world. Um, I've also taught in Korea for two summers. Um, too. Did you actually? Well, not for two summers. I taught there for a year. Good. that's amazing yeah i was in this really small town the very southern tip called Hainam. i loved it it was amazing wow that's uh, awesome i love it it has like a, sp- a special part of my like heart is in korea
0: um, ditto yeah, than that, <laughs> like
1: really and truly i am a teacher i am a child of god and i'm a traveler <laughs> and that's yes I mean. in a nutshell i love being positive and promoting positivity and uh and yeah that's pretty much me really <laughs> That's awesome. That's great.
2: Well, I want to get into it because I need to know what is going on. Um, go. Okay. <laughs> I actually can't, I can't even believe this. I was like, wait a minute.
1: So the announcement came a little early for Ontario. Um, our minister, um, Stephen Lecce, came on today with Premier Doug Ford. And they basically, in a nutshell, school is back to normal, but with masks. Like genuinely, that's what it is. And it's that's honestly, it. Yeah, it's not even like masks for everybody. It's if you're in grades five, four and up, Mm -hmm. you wear masks if you're in the elementary like school, but if you're in high school, apparently depending and not even all high schools, depending on the number of students in your high school, your high school may or may not allow for um, 15 kids per class and like, you know, half day kind of thing. But that's again, if your school does not have like you know, a ton of kids there. Um, but elementary school is like, kindergarten to grade three, no masks um, are required. No classroom size changes, no funding for AC ventilation. They are hiring more custodians um, and apparently like 500 nurses for the whole province.
2: <laughs> oh my Lord. <laughs> um, and They're- so
1: we'll see what this looks like, but like I was talking to a couple parents today most of my friends like most of my very close friends are teachers as well and like honestly i was talking to all of them today just like what do you think about this and everyone's freaking out yeah everyone is freaking out and um and everyone's confused and everyone has questions because it's Mm -hmm. like you know i have a friend who is not a mainstream teacher but teaches health um and like or French and it's like what happens to those teachers because apparently now there's going to be like one teacher per classroom and so yeah it'll be very interesting like this year I had 29 students and I can tell you that like my classroom is a bit large I would say but not large enough for us all to you know be socially distancing with two yeah like it's impossible um Mm -hmm. not only that like my biggest thing too is like I really want to go back to work. Like I was not a fan of online learning at all. Like this whole mm-hmm. learning at home through a computer. I just felt so redundant. I just felt like I was doing the best I could, but I still like found a teacher. It was just so bizarre, even though I was working like 10 times harder too, cause like yeah. planning lessons, having to learn Google classroom overnight, mm-hmm. not being able to connect with everybody. Um, and like, I don't, I don't want to do that again. However, I also don't want to go back to school if it's not going to be safe.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: yeah. a huge worry for me. And the fact that, like, literally the man should have just said, okay, guys, you're going back to normal. We'll throw a couple masks here and there. Like, that's pretty much what the message was. So it's not fun. Um, and yeah, there's still so many more questions. So, depending on what grade, you know, your children are those who are listening like they may not have to wear a mask and their friends might you know they may be interacting with people who don't need to wear a mask and they're not going to be dividing any kind of um classroom sizes or every it's just going to be a regular school year <laughs> yeah
2: well, I understand that like it's, they've been so thinking bizarre. working on this for so long and this is the best solution
0: it's, yeah
1: that's the thing it's you know what I think they want to do they the economy has kind of taken a hit from this yeah. and they just want everyone to go back to normal and they yeah. want parents to, be able to go back to work so that the economy can like you know mm-hmm. back to normal yeah. and um and the, the sad part is like as a teacher in elementary I can tell you without a doubt parents are going to send their kids to school even though they're sick because there's going to be a ton of parents who, unfortunately, with their jobs, they might not be able to take it off. They might not be able to find the proper care, so mm-hmm. they're going to be like, "Okay, just suck it up and go to school." Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what I mean? And then we're we're told part of the this new protocol is to self-assess. Like, kids and parents and teachers are supposed to self-assess every morning and be like, "Do I feel okay? If I do, go to school." You know, it's just like oh my goodness, it's so messed that's up. It's not
0: practical. Yeah. It's, not. it's crazy. And I just think, yeah, I, I don't feel like I have any more clarity than I did yesterday. Exactly. I think that's the challenging piece. Like I, like, I, I think that like the elementary directive was still, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty there, but I feel like there's that much more uncertainty at the secondary level. Exactly. What, what days? How, what's on and off? what's, some kids are going, some kids are not. When they am I responsible to teach um, online and in person? Like, am am I preparing? Like, I, there's just so many questions. So, <laughs> so they were saying that, like, oh, some teachers who can opt not to go back to school because we need teachers to opt not to go back to school because there will be kids who opt not to go back to school. So we're gonna need teachers. Mm. To go to so it's like okay, like, so who gets to opt not to go back to school? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like exactly it's so crazy. Not
1: only that. And, like, yeah. Here an as to you know, let's say the grade eight class, someone someone caught it, right? And is it now just that grade eight class that has to quarantine mm-hmm. for weeks, or is it the whole school? Like right. honestly, my <laughs> my genuine opinion of this whole thing is that there's gonna be another spike. Um, yeah. Going lockdown again, and I'm gonna say, mark my words, November. <laughs> That's it. That's when they're gonna be like, forget it, shut this down. We- yeah. And is a i just don't see i hope i'm wrong obviously like i want to be able to go back to school as normal mm-hmm. like, i just don't especially with stage three not even open and there's like parties yeah. and people happening you know yeah these aren't any lower than they were in march when we shut the schools down in general mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense there's no way that these cases are going to just magically disappear because now kids are involved yeah. I mean, I can go on forever. But the, the last thing that I, um, I read was that, you know, parents keep saying, oh, but kids can't really get it. And like research is showing that like kids don't have there's not that many kids that have it because kids have been protected at all costs. Like they, mm-hmm. they're playing with their friends all summer. They've been at home right they're not, being, they're not going grocery shopping they're not doing mm-hmm. you know they're not being like you know they're not walking around public where they could possibly catch it right. so the chances of their numbers being low of course it's going to be low so we'll see what mm-hmm. happens we're interacting with adults and other children and and yeah it should be very very interesting and I can tell you I'm petrified
0: <laughs> it should be interesting and I think the issue I think like the, 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 to that point I don't think that necessarily like kids can't get it I think that many kids probably have it and are asymptomatic yeah and like I would be I would be shocked if there were a number of kids walking around with COVID and they may not have any symptoms they may not be feeling like the weight of COVID but their 97 year old grandfather that they live with is going to Mm -hmm. right it's gonna be the hardest piece right it's like what happens in those cases but you know what girl (laughs)
1: what would you do if your girls were you know going to grade one or grade two like what are you gonna do I'm just so curious to know what people are trying to do with their children. Cause like, they they go- know, I don't know.
2: She's 100%. not going. My daughter would not be going. I'm not sending her. I, she hasn't even gone outside. Like I don't take her grocery shopping. Like who wants to take that risk? Exactly. I don't want to send her to school and wait to see if there's another outbreak. That's mm-hmm. dangerous. Like that. those are people's lives that you're, you know, testing there. Yeah.
0: Like, I. I don't know. That's, I <laughs> don't know. I think for me, to be honest with you, I can't say what I would do because I think it just depends on like, you know what I mean? The situation that I'm in and the circumstance at the time. Like, I think that like, I know the, I, I know the, the likelihood of, you know, you know, a child catching COVID-19 or contracting it and potentially dying. They're a lot lower than, like, the, than the older kids, which is why they're alternating days in high school and not in elementary because the older the kids are, the more, the greater the risk, right? Mm-hmm. And I know like I, I just feel like, you know, again, if I if it's like me losing my job or, you know, losing my home or like I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know what to say because I feel like, you know, Yara going to school and contracting COVID is scary, but I'm going to work and I can contract COVID and bring it home. You know what I mean? Right, so right. I'm somewhere else or I'm at the grocery store or I'm anywhere and I can just bring it mm-hmm. back. I feel like it's just hard to say like, like what makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, and what I would do, I I, I honestly don't know. But I'm, I'm empathetic because I recognize like parents are freaking out. They're like, yeah, I need to go back to work. So I need there to be somewhere to bring my kids. Like my kids are not old enough to stay home on their own. Where are they gonna go? So, in you know, in that way, I get it. But I just I guess I just wish that there was more direction. I wish there was more direction, more clarity. And who knows, maybe that will come in time. But today's announcement just annoyed me.
1: Yeah, that's. Right because um, I've just been <laughs> blindly this whole summer and like it, it really causes a lot of stress and like the un- unknown is really stressful for teachers because we're planners you know like we plan. Yeah. We do.
0: <laughs> I need to know right yeah. for, for, for all three scenarios it's crazy um so I guess we kind of talked a little bit about our. well we talked about our feelings about going back and you know what that will look like in September and I guess we can revisit that with respect to, um, you know, strategies and things that teachers or kid, parents can do with their kids. But one of the main reasons that I, you know, spoke to Shen and Shen and I really thought like, you know what, yeah, this is definitely a good idea to, to bring Shanika on was because of how passionate you are about dialoguing about race. Yeah. And just like with adults, because I feel like as more so than, than usual, we're having discussions about race, but um, now we're inviting, you know, people to have these discussions with their kids and mm-hmm. a lot of our, our listeners are moms and I think they want to know how to navigate these discussions and they're not sure. So um, from your perspective, what kinds of things, um, why is it important for not only you know, BIPOC people to be talking to their kids about race, but why is it important for everyone to have that discussion and how do you suggest they do that?
1: um it's definitely important for everyone to talk about it because it's an everyone issue you know whether Mm -hmm. you are somebody who is fighting against anti-racism or somebody who may you know expose their bias whether it's inadvertently or in an obvious nature i just Mm -hmm. feel like everyone's affected by it and i think that you know children you can mold them so they're so malleable really can can, uh, like I've had kids come into my class and as a black teacher you know teach them about things like Black History Month I'll never forget the first time I I mentioned that at one particular school the kids were like oh is that where we wear black all month and I was like okay kids you gonna learn today because that is not what we do. <laughs> oh gosh oh no it's like it's like you know I was able to really really talk about race and 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 I feel like a part of their growth and their knowledge on race stem from that classroom conversation. So I feel like if parents did it at home, the world would be like a truly amazing place. Um, and it has been so wonderful to see so many different parents who are interested in having those kinds of dialogues. Um, but yeah, I think that if anyone needs to talk to their, to a small child about race, it's someone that you know the child is comfortable with and it has to start at home. And I think that the number one question that I've gotten um, is like, oh, like what age? Like when should I start? Like I don't talk to my kid about race. Like I just assume that you know everyone. Well, first of all, people assume that they the teaching their child not to see color is like you know that's how they become an ally. And I'm like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> so um, anyway, I mean, I can I can quickly like dive into like different different ways in which parents should and should not talk to their children about race um so like if your child's really small um i think that the best way to get them to accept acknowledge and be aware of people of color is to just like talk about them positively and like you know, make it known that there are different people walking around and, you know, mention the differences and like Mm -hmm. make that conversation of race from a very, very early age, um, normalized like in your home. And, um, I actually did a presentation last week, um, talking to a group of moms about race and how to talk to their kids about it. And this was one of the things that I mentioned. It was just honestly as simple as acknowledging the color of someone's skin, but in a positive Mm -hmm. Like it's so beautiful, or like I love that, or like you know, just whatever the case may be, or like even when I was growing up, um when my mom had to find my sister and I dolls of color, like oh my boy, mama, so mm-hmm. my mom had to go to like Pickering, and like we live in Boston, <laughs> so it's like she had to go really, really far away to find dolls that look like us, and they were also always more expensive. And yes. how, now thankfully there are tons of dolls of color and hair textures and uh actually i was walking my dog and i saw a little girl a little white girl in a stroller and she had a black doll and i was like my heart like i love it (laughs) i I just never seen that before just like out about and about like it's not something that i usually see and like i know these times when people are trying to like you know be more cognizant of of the ways in which they input race in their lives and their children's lives but I think more people should be doing that like yeah why can't come with a little black doll you know mm-hmm. like, and realize that um it's okay and like have their little dolls play with each other and so when they get to school and they see a little black child they'll be like oh hey I have a doll that looks exactly like you and that doll is dope so let's be friends you know yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but,
1: like it, I feel like Making sure that you normalize race is huge for young kids. And then Mm -hmm. when they get to an older grade um, just making sure that your life is like diversified and that can be as simple as like um, different cuisines, bringing different foods into your home, um, exploring different cultures, traveling, once we can do that ever again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then of course, having conversations about race and stereotypes that we see in the media for example and so like I brought this up with the moms and I was like oh like I wonder what kinds of shows you guys like are used to watching um and you know it's really seldom that you see white families watching shows um with a predominantly black cast it's mm. like Kind of like this thing, like unfortunately, it's kind of become this thing where it's like black people watch black TV shows. you know yeah. that shouldn't be the case. Like it should not be the case. It shouldn't be a one-off to watch a show with like a black family on there. So you know making sure that the TV shows you watch, the dolls you play with, the food you eat, as long as that brings in all the diversity, I just I truly believe that kids, once they find that it's so normal, to talk Mm -hmm. and acknowledge different people of different races like they could never look at a black person and be like oh that's like super different it's like ew you know yeah and and you know again as a teacher um i think that it's so important for families to open up their doors to black children and Mm. like i tell you this as a woman of color in a school that is predominantly white um, I love my school community and I love the children at the school and I truly feel like loved and welcomed by all of them. But like I I can't tell you how many children of color are unfortunately kind of forgotten about when it comes to, to like inviting kids to your birthday parties. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh my God. Last- when you are doing group work or picking teams. Like I see this and I see it more oh. because I'm not woman and like i even me growing up like i remember not being i remember being so close to this one girl that i sat next to uh all through elementary school and when her birthday came around even though we were very good friends never got invited to her birthday party and i'm just ah so it's like it's like these kinds of things honestly once these things change the upcoming generation would have solved a lot more than ours did you know so Mm Yeah. There's so many, there's so many different things, but like I was talking to the group of moms about how negative it is to tell people that you don't see race. And I think I understand what they're trying to say when they're like, Oh, you know, I want everyone to be seen. That's impossible in our world. It's impossible. It's not a thing. If it's not, if it's not a thing, like if I don't feel like people don't see my race, you should not tell people that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and it's not something we should pass on to our children either. Um, instead of saying I don't, I don't, I don't see color, I don't see race, you can say like I see it, and I see the differences, and I see the systemic racism, and I'm here to fight with you. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that is like an um, not acknowledging everything that it means to be black. And mm-hmm. it's we know that we are black from the moment we enter our school board, or sorry, our school, because yeah like the systemic racism is a real thing it's a real thing and I can tell you you know from experience as a black student and I can tell you from my experience as a black teacher it is alive and it is not going anywhere until there is some serious change so wow let me take a breath No. Full fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month
0: or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1 dot com. Listen, the party invite hit home.
1: Yeah, That's- it's so true. It's so true. And and I I actually talked to my class like a couple years ago about this too. And like. Um, I had a little one of the only black kids in my class came up to me and she said, she's like, Oh, like, I know that it's because of my skin color. And I'm like, Oh, like, like, I try not to be emotional in front of my students, but like, I could not help it. And like, I shed a tear in front of this little girl. And I was like, I feel, I, I understand. And like, I had a, I had a teachable moment and I talked to the whole class about it. I didn't call her out, but I just said like, how sad would it be to know that the fact that you have a different skin color is really and truly the reason why you're excluded from so many different things. Oh. I families need to open up their homes and, and be encourage their kids to like have more friends of color. Like what? Yeah. Like, that? I call me and my group of friends the UN because literally we're all from somewhere different. And I love, it. <laughs> I love it so much. I love that we all are different. I love that if I want to, you know, Dabble into conversations about different cultures. I can do that easily, you know. Mm-hmm. I can be able
0: to experience that. So I, I, agree with you. I have a question. I think this is a personal question, but I, I'm I'm curious. Like, there's a lot of discussion around how to speak about race to, um, to white children, or like you know even how to speak to race or speak about race and systemic racism to to non-black children. How do you suggest? we speak about race to black kids like what do you think like especially from, from chanel and i's perspective with very young kids and i think that like we've talked about it on another podcast we were our, a guest on the family tree podcast lovely hosts and we talked about already like celebrating our daughters like their hair mm-hmm. complexion, and you know pouring into them that way but i think there's a part of me that wants to arm Yara to know that she could potentially be treated differently because of the color of her skin. And I feel like the thought of having that conversation is so weighty, but I also feel like it's so necessary. And I fear I do her a disservice if I don't talk about it. Because although I think we're making huge strides, I can't guarantee that those, those, the strides that that I need to know are in place will be in place by the time that Yara enters the education system so what advice would you have for black parents with young young children like Chanel and i talking um to our kids about race i'm like
1: so on the fence with this because mm-hmm. my my mindset is like if you were white would you have to talk to your white child about race
0: yeah
1: it's like it's so it's so unfortunate that like we have to have another thing to have to sit down with our children and talk to them about and it's not positive we're not going to be like oh hey guys guess what you're black all these opportunities are going to come to you life's going to be so easy like you literally <sighs> can your little spirits and be like hey yeah you even entered like kindergarten people are not going to want to talk to you people are going to make fun of you people are going to make fun of you <laughs> what and it's like it's super unfortunate um in regards to what to say to such a small black child I wouldn't even, look, they're going to experience it. Like if they're going to, and I wouldn't even tell them in depth what they may experience. I want them to understand that if they were to come across an experience that was hurtful and it stemmed from the color of their skin, that they had somebody at home that they can come to and open up with and has their back and like, and just be aware. It, It could be as simple as, you know, I just want you to know that like, there might be somebody who's just, the world is not such a nice place. So just kind of let them know that the world's not in a great place and someone might be a little bit rude to you or mean to you or exclude Mm -hmm. you. And if that happens, I want you to come to me and talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I just don't think it's so honestly, like, I wish I had a more in-depth answer for you, but it's just so difficult for me to even consider sitting down with a child before they even enter school and tell them, hey, you might possibly get pulled over by a cop several years from now or you mm-hmm. might, you know, be made fun of for your hairstyle. Like, I don't want to go through all of the different things that could happen to them because there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the world is not an awesome place all the time and that you're going to come across some really nice people, but you're also going to come across some not so nice people. And when you do, you let me know so that we can talk about it yeah if you you know god forbid like these th- situations happen to them so early and if they just feel like okay well my mom told me this was going to happen and it happened period and story i would want them to know like they can come home we can have these conversations and you guys can figure out ways to like overcome them and how to be strong and and i the most important thing that i would teach any black child is to be proud of their skin yes love yourself you know you Mm -hmm. have to love your skin you have to love what it does when it's in the sun you have Mm -hmm. to love what it does when it gets wet you have to love everything about it you need to love your kalaloo and (laughs) your dumpling and rice and peas when you bring to school (laughs) yes everything about your blackness and your culture and if you be proud about it i just feel like any negativity will just slide off (laughs)
2: I think that um, my experience growing up kind of helps me understand both of your points. I kind of agree with, with what Shanika is saying, because when I was in elementary school, um, I didn't really care that kids were making comments about mm-hmm. my Blackness, because um, when I'm at home, my life is Black, and my mom is always like, you're Black, like, isn't she kind of poured into me. So I didn't feel uncomfortable with who I was. Yeah. Um, and when I did come home and say, mom, they made fun of my corned beef, my bully beef sandwich, or, <laughs> or, <laughs> or mom, they made fun of my tiny bumps or yeah. bantu knots now. <laughs> yeah. um, and she's like, okay, <laughs> <But> you look <laughs> fine. Right. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I'm still going to wear it tomorrow. And she's like, yeah. well, it is what it is. And you know, all your other friends bring their own lunch and they all have their, you know, their sandwiches or their rice or she's like, you just have yours. Like, do you want the ox, oxdale or no? I'm like, I want to bring my oxdale, mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want these oxtails and the lima beans. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. With that experience, like, she really poured into my self-confidence with being, you know, a black girl. And I, you know, it kind of went over my head when people made those comments. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm still going to wear it. I'm going to wear it every day. And I'm like, unbothered because this is what works for me and I like it. Exactly. Um, But then at the same time, it's like, when do you tell your child that that's going to happen? Because that didn't really happen to me right away. I went through kindergarten. I didn't Mm -hmm. really experience those things until maybe I was like 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. and and I was just like by the time that happened I was like okay who cares I don't care yeah so I think I I like yeah go ahead um so that kind of has me on the fence with what Mm -hmm. you're saying Leia like should I warn winter or I I don't want her to have that anxiety of going into the school system thinking now that
0: oh my god I'm
2: so different and
0: people are Mm -hmm. going to about it exactly Mm -hmm. yeah no I agree with you I think the same thing I think that I think that, yeah, that there's a there's a part of me that, you know how I am, Shan. I'm always like overthinking, like, prepare, prepare, <laughs> prepare, prepare. <laughs> so I'm just like, do I prepare her? Do I arm her to know that, like, I was already planning, like, you know what I'm, like, Leon and I pour into this kid, like, no tomorrow. Like, we are just like, adamant about celebrating every single coil, every, like, everything about her but then also arming her with the fact that like, yes, people may treat you differently because of what you look like. And when this happens, I want you to come and tell mommy. And I want you to know that like, I just, even though, I don't think it was ever like an itemized list of things that could happen because as you know, Shanika said, that list is endless. And Mm -hmm. who wants to know that? Like there are things that could happen to me as a black woman that I don't even know about. And I think I'd rather not know. Like they, if they happen and I encounter them, then I'll handle it then. But I'd rather not sit with anybody, even now as a 33 year old and say, well, this could happen to you. And you know, this could happen. You know, this happens to black woman, right? Like, I would rather not know that. So I, I, I get that part of it. But I think that there was, yeah, there's this part of me that wonders, you know, like even just, again, navigating the conversation about people not liking her and, and, and how, you know, how to do that in a way that doesn't crush her spirit. But mm-hmm. I think just acknowledging the fact that like, people may not like you for, you know, a plethora of reasons because of the color of your skin type of hair you have because you're a girl because of where you live because of where you're from because of what you like how you speak like there are people who just dislike you for for for, for a number of reasons so
1: and then just teaching that that is called ignorance you know like exactly someone is literally judging you for for these you know stupid reasons, then exactly wrong with them. And it says more about them than it does about you, you know, and, and to just learn from that and be like, okay, well, this is how not to be a human. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and that can be a lesson on how to choose your friends wisely, you know, am True. I going to want to be around the person who doesn't even want to invite you to their house? Because, of the color of my skin no exactly okay, like friend, you know so
0: that's a great one i love that something so simple and very actionable i feel like for you know our listeners i would hope that we have listeners who would never <laughs> have their children <laughs> do those kinds of things but something to think about like something to be know, mm-hmm. um all right, so let's talk a little bit about
1: all sorry. sorry i don't mean to interrupt you
0: no no go for, it. go for it
1: loving the amount of people who have been looking for books that feature you know like black indigenous people of color on them i mm-hmm. feel like that is amazing and even like the number of teachers that i know who have been actively trying to get those books prepared for september it's like it's really beautiful to see like I, let's just yeah. hope the world is going to go in a better direction you know
2: <laughs> all we can do <laughs> i agree
1: i definitely. feel like i'm feeling more hopeful
0: more hopeful than i ever have yeah me too definitely so okay so we're talking to, that's a great segue into our next question which is <laughs> In education so we know as teachers as black teachers in particular um you know that 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 racism exists in canada and it exists systemically in a number of systems that we uh you know engage with every single day and one of those systems is in fact the education system so from your perspective what does racism in the education system look like how does it play out and why do you think it's important, not just for you know black indigenous people of color to be you know trying to dismantle it? Why is this everybody's job?
1: Wow, well, it's so unfortunate um, what it looks like in education because it is so subtle, and because it's so subtle, it's like almost often ignored or not even considered to be like a race issue. And, um, education affects everyone. Like literally everyone needs, like you need an education. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's so important for people to learn about these things or to call them out because you could be saving somebody's entire like life or education. Like, mm-hmm. like for, for me, I know that it's different. The racism that I see in the education system is going to be different than that of a high school student or- yeah. Uh, sorry, a high school teacher, or even a professor at a university or college. Um, I can tell you that, you know, children of color are definitely affected by the systemic racism. And it it stems mostly, I think the most harshly affected are black boys. And um, I believe that, you know, at schools where, oh, this is so hard for me to talk about, because like, I remember seeing it very often at one of the schools that I taught at that was <clears throat> predominantly black and had um, many children, many different ethnicities, but I would say that the majority were black kids. And the teachers were fantastic overall. Um, but you did have a couple of people who like had, are teachers but who have like given up on like their black students and like i've heard in staff rooms i've heard teachers say outside of staff rooms and in staff rooms you know oh what's the point you're gonna like end up in jail anyway (gasps) oh my god whatever like they're not going they're gonna drop out soon and i'm just like are you kidding me like This is, this is the, this is the idea that some, some teachers, and it's a very small percentage, thank God, but that some teachers genuinely feel like, okay, whatever, like, they don't need to know this, or I don't need to go in depth with this lesson, because they're just not going to get it anyway. And like, no one at home is going to help them. So we might as well just move on to something else. You know, this is like the mindset. And, And, and when I talk about black boys, I'm talking about the behavior that they show that could be very similar to a non-black student and yet their punishment is more severe Mm. and you know I have a black brother and he like I mean he wasn't an angel in school but he's a good boy and he was raised in a very good home but like this man was brought to the office all the time. And then you would call my mom and then she'd ask why. And the reasons would just be so small. And then like, even as a teacher or even when I was supply teaching and being in different schools, I would see that like children of all colors were doing very similar things, but it was almost always that black child that was sent to the office then mm-hmm. or suspended you know, or getting threatened to call his mom or dad. And, um, and yeah, it's like super, super unfortunate. Um, and I think that in those cases, the people who really need to like check their bias are teachers. And I think everyone has biases. Like I do too. Like I I can't sit here and be like, Oh my God, I'm a perfect person. Like I have, and like, it's come to the point for me personally, where I've tried to make a habit of not looking at names before I mark something. Um, Mm. and like, that's helped me a lot because like, in my head, I'm just like, oh, this person is so smart. They're for sure gonna be getting a really good mark. So in my head, I'm already giving them a really good mark and then I'm reading their stuff and I'm just like, oh, they made one mistake. Oh, it's fine, they're so smart. Whereas yeah. if I look at their, if I don't look at their name, I'm everyone's on the same page. And I like mm-hmm. highly encourage other teachers to do that too because unfortunately I've read articles and I've talked to teachers. Unfortunately, sometimes when you see that black name on your page, you're just like, oh, okay, well, let's see what this one did, you know? Mm. Like, I don't know you guys, when you were in high school, but, like, for me, um, my high school was super multicultural, like, literally, like, I couldn't tell Same. you. Same. Uh, yeah, honor, me too. And, and I love that. And so, you know, I remember working with friends that were not Black and friends that were Black. And I remember when I did work with my white friends <clears throat> on projects or essays and stuff like that we almost all always got different marks and theirs were almost always higher. And it's like,
2: Oh, wow.
1: Just sat down and talked about this and like pretty much did it together. Like, how does that work? You know, it's just those little, little things. It's not, Mm -hmm. I could not go up to a teacher and be like, you're racist for doing this because they, they don't like, I don't think that they had a racist intention. It's just the biases and and, like Mm -hmm. all of these little, microaggressions that happen inside the school system that again are not being fixed because no one's calling them out because they don't seem blame.
0: Mm. you know what's so funny right now we're doing a book club with my um with I th- i'd say like a third of my school which is awesome and we're reading how to be an anti-racist and one of the things that they talk about in that book the author talks about is the use of the term microaggression
1: mm-hmm.
0: he hates it He's like I like I hate that word. He's like I legitimately hate it because I think the problem is it's like there's nothing micro about those aggressions, right? <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> there's nothing micro with in telling like you know Chanel going to a job interview or going somewhere and someone telling her like, oh, you're so articulate." Like, there's nothing micro about that. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. There's nothing micro about people being shocked that we're married, or right? Like you know, there's nothing micro about like this, it's just like those things. They're they're huge and they're they're major. And I think that you know, if we stop recognizing them as micro, then we can start, like, calling them out for what they are. And it's like, it's, it's, he's like, ultimately, the thesis of the book is you are either racist or anti-racist. Yeah, there's no in between. Okay, it's not that you're, you're not of either of them are dest- our destinations. They're not, like, you just flip flop between the two. He's like, you're either doing something that is overtly and ultimately racist, or it's just anti-racist and like i'm sorry like what the things that you've mentioned are just plain racist it's just what they are right whether or not those teachers had intended to be is irrelevant it's not about intention it's about the impact like so i think you're so right and i think like you know i think about the secondary school teaching experience very similar things happen really there are, there are a lot of similarities i feel like right across the board um and even like, again with punishments and a number of different things but yeah to your point i think that that is I think thinking about, you know, behaviors in that very clear black and white duality is probably the most effective way to go about teaching and learning and fighting for justice. Is that like, wh- like is what I'm doing right now racist or anti-racist? Yeah, I love that. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. Like, I really
1: don't believe that there is an in-between. Like, you there have to be racist or just not racist. No, not even <laughs> not racist, anti-racist. Like, you can't... You can't just walk around being like I'm not a racist. I'm not you have racist. To tell yeah. people I am a racist or I am anti-racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and I I think that that's like something that literally like every teacher needs to remember before they go back to school in September because you might not think you're racist. No one with you know half a brain wants to walk around claiming to be a racist, but you got to check your actions and mm-hmm. and they do come off as racist. Like <laughs> you know, and and unfortunately, I think that. A lot of people will realize that they that they can mm-hmm. and that they shouldn't be they should not yeah i love that Racist, <laughs> Let me get on this.
0: it's true and it's good because it's like at the end of the day he's like he's like i don't even he's even uh, like removed the idea that black people can't be um perpetuants of racism he's like oh no. he's like we need to understand that it's not a label it's not like i'm an anti-racist yes no you're not you're on a constant journey of becoming and and making sure that you're engaging in anti-racist practices Which you (laughs) you are never you you will never reach this like the pinnacle of of anti-racist behavior there's racism everywhere and like there's biases in all of us right and you're gonna flip between the two so even with myself thinking about again like you know how i engage with um indigenous material and how i like you know share that with my kids and all that stuff like there's a lot of work that needs to be done but I love, like, how you pointed out the small little things that, like, can happen in the classroom that, like, sometimes overlooked and, you know, when those things need to be called out and how we should call them out because it's important.
1: Yeah, and I think, again, even with moms, with their kids going back to school in September, just allowing them to be able to stand up for any kind of, you know, discrimination that they may see because it, it does happen and I see it on the playground thankfully it's not an everyday occurrence, but like, it's important that when people notice these things that they can call them out. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping, like I pray to God that one day, you know, learning about black history will be a part of our curriculum. Cause like, mm-hmm. I am all for it, you know? And I and I love that they're introducing an additional qualification for teachers about, you know, education. I think that's fantastic. And I think that it can be, it should be mandatory personally, um, whether mm-hmm. or not, in a school that has children of different racial backgrounds or otherwise um i think that in fact it's schools like mine where the kids are mostly white where those talks need to happen the most like like, exactly when i sit down and talk to my black students or my indigenous students about you know what racism means to them they're going to experience it i need Mm -hmm. to talk about about these things with non-racialized students so that they're aware and um and another thing i forgot to tap into was like you know acknowledging white privilege and and introducing Mm. that that concept to children and letting them be aware of how privileged they are you know
2: Mm. like
1: have them be aware of when when they're when it's summertime and you're talking to the class about all of you guys meeting up at your cottages and like uh, my first cottage experience is when I was, like, 25 years
0: old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, I don't
1: have that generational wealth where, like, my mom and my grandma and everyone in my family had a cottage. Like, like I love that you guys are living your best life in your cottages, but just – and when someone says, I don't have one, be like, what? You don't have a cottage? Like, it's not – we're not aliens. I, we just don't have generational wealth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's you, – you're very privileged because your your background, your family – we're set up for years and years and years and years and years before you and I were both born, your family was set up. Mine was not. And so that's Uh acknowledge, you know, or even as simple as, as, you know, be having the ability to pay for a tutor, you know, Uh like I have, I've tutored and, and most of my students were white, you know, and, um, I mean, it's also the area that I, that I, Um, live in and and like through word of mouth that's how I've been able to to do that in the past but like it's so unfortunate that not everyone who needs it gets that opportunity and it's Mm -hmm. because you know of the wealth that's that's in different households so 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 many different little things like in regards to white privilege can easily be spoken about at home from a very young age I think everyone needs to whether you're white or black or otherwise like i just feel like everyone needs to acknowledge their privilege or their lack of privilege and if you have Mm -hmm. it you should know what it looks like to have Mm it
0: and when you see
1: that someone's being affected by not having it maybe you can speak up
0: no definitely i think it like yeah when when you think about multiple forms of privilege it's so big to me because i remember where did i go the other day i think we spoke about this a while ago but there was somewhere that i had gone and there was no ramp And I was so pissed off because I had my stroller and I couldn't get, I'm like, what the heck? And of course, like, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have to, like, lift your stroller up and go over, like, the little hump. But I thought to myself, like, what if I was in a wheelchair? Right. Difficult would this have been? And, like, this is, like, you know, like, my privilege allows me to, like, navigate through this. It's it's an inconvenience. Right. Obstacle. Like, <laughs> like I can still get to this, you know, facility and whatever, do what I've got to do, and then like it's fine. But I just thought about like ableism and like it's something that we take for granted all the time. Oh my t-
1: gosh, I was literally thinking about that this morning when we were talking about the masks. And like every other year, I don't know what it is. Every other year, I had one student in my class who's hearing impaired, and so I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, in September, what if I have a student who's hearing impaired and like unfortunately has to depend on reading my lips, me, and I'm covered in a mask, like what about these kids? oh, wow. oh my gosh kids literally what about the kids who are borderline mute and like are so incredibly quiet and no matter how how much you tell them, just speak up, just speak up, I can't hear you and now with a ma- mask covering them like, <laughs> oh my God. you know, like I was thinking about that today. I was like, I feel so bad for these kids who literally depend on reading your lips and don't have that ability during this pandemic
0: I never so thought of true. that every wow. other
1: year since I've been teaching at this school I've had a student who was hearing so that's what made me think about it and again you wouldn't know unless you experienced it right right, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah it's crazy it's so crazy and like some schools can afford you know microphones and that's great but what about those really low income like schools or schools that don't get you know much support um financially like what happens yeah those poor kids are just gonna have to figure out what the teacher's saying just through like guessing like i don't know what this is wild
2: this kind of brings us swings us back around to you know navigating what life is going to be like in september and Mm -hmm. um if you can give parents tips and tricks on navigating navigating school, navigating <laughs> what the hell is like, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around.
1: It. Yeah. what's
2: And I don't even have a child that's going to school in <laughs> September, but I'm so bothered by this. Yeah,
1: because
2: I'm thinking about, you know, like you said earlier, like one child can, you know, have, can be asymptomatic. And what do we do? Do we quarantine the whole school? Like that part freaked me out. Cause you know, we watched, what's that movie called? Contagion? Oh, yeah. movie.
0: By we, you mean you. <laughs> <laughs> I have not subjected myself to that, girl. No. And
2: seeing how quickly things can spread without even, you know, physically contacting somebody. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, I, am, I am bothered by this. So- oh, Lord. Parents need to do a crash course on covering your mouth properly because <laughs> I'm telling you I do it every year and to this day I have not had a class that can fully cover their mouth when they're coughing or sneezing um, great <laughs> I you know what I'm not looking forward to and I'll be honest like I'm a super affectionate person and I think my kids that I teach they sense that and they are super affectionate towards me and I never turned down a hug like I don't know that that kid's not hugged someone for a long time so mm-hmm. I, you know, that's gonna be really difficult for me you know, Same. not being able to be able to touch my students or like on their shoulders or give them a hug or whatever the case may be. But I think parents just need to literally be honest about what their child might experience. It's going to be weird. You're, you, you might notice that, you know, they've already said that they're going to play some, the one way signs like in the school. So even walking around the school is going to be different you know, your playground, you're probably not going to be able to join that basketball team this year, <laughs> or that soccer team, or play with your friends properly at recess time, just got to be honest and realistic about what's going to happen. And, and just remind your children to be honest about how they're feeling. If they're sick, don't send them to school, please, for the love yeah. of God, send them home, like, you're risking so many lives. Yeah, you know? so, so, so many lives. But Honestly, I think everyone just needs to like have a de-stressor because it's just been a stressful summer. It's been a stressful 2020. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, we just all need to remember that we're in this together. This is not like a you and me situation. It's like all of Ontario, all of the world, we're going through this together. And it's, you know, this too shall pass. One day. <laughs> one, <laughs> it's, one day. day. I'm look back like, <laughs> one oh day. Like, but until then, we just have to suck it up. If, if they're telling us that it's safe enough to go back to schools we need to be able to accept it and try to be positive about it yeah um, obviously like it's not easy for everybody yeah um, yeah just honestly like try not to stress too much don't freak your children out but also be honest with them and and yeah, prepare them for what will be a very unique school year and just pr- prepare them for all possibilities. Prepare them for a cure coming very soon or another lockdown, possibly, you know, it can go in any direction. That's all. And just to be kind, I just really hope that kids are not like foolish enough to be like, I saw a tweet today. <laughs> the tweet said, your kid's going to go to school with a, um, Oh, I saw it <laughs> See
0: tweet with a mask sharing. <laughs> yeah. It's like your tweet's gonna go to your kid's gonna go to school with a Paw Patrol mask and come back with a spider because he <laughs> tried at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: like, oh, I like your mask can we trade? And you will be like, yeah, yeah. go <laughs> so, like, you know, like this is serious. This is really serious. So, no, I think I, what's I definitely...
2: important is that um, parents kind of prepare themselves mentally before. Yes they introduce this new normal for their kids because they're going to feed off that energy. And if you're panicking
1: exactly. or if you
2: have anxiety about it, they're going to see that and they're going to sense that and they're going to, you know, bring that to school. So I think, you know, mentally prepare yourself first. Do what you need to do to wrap your mind around this whole new idea of what school's going to look like and then prepare your kids. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's not going to change. Like, this is what we're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah no i agree with you i know that like at the end of the day like like as teachers like we're gonna be flexible like we it's not like we're going back with expectations that we had like two three years prior no we're going back knowing that like kids are 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 likely behind that they you know they're they're, they're struggling in different areas that there are a number of different issues that may have prevented them from you know actively engaging with the the material over the social distance learning period so there's gonna be lots of allowances made for kids Mm -hmm. and like you know just that I, I the parents to trust that ultimately the teachers have their best like the students best interest at heart so they should anyway so and just like not stress too much about it and know that like the teachers are your partners i mean you know we want to see the kids excel too and we're going to do whatever we can and you know but also be patient with teachers as well because yeah. like getting information like i remember i'm a part of like the would moms group and they messaged me they're like land so give us some insight like what what's happening like What's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Believe <laughs> <laughs> it or not, like I am like sitting at the edge of my seat watching CP Twenty Four, just like the rest of you. We don't get the information any sooner, not yeah. even a minute, a second earlier than the rest of the general population. Exactly. Wow. I'm very, very empathetic to your teachers. I mean, to your 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 kids' teachers, because we are just going with the flow, and when they throw us like a new bone, we got to yeah it and roll with the punches and it's just hard so you
1: really want to go back to yeah. I want nothing more than to just like enjoy my regular teacher life you know I I really can't stress that enough like I despise the online learning portion and like (laughs) I was making virtual classrooms and virtual field trips and visiting my students and doing all these things to just kind of make sure that I was still being like a good teacher but like you can't satisfy everybody. You just exactly. can't. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like there were some parents who were like, "Oh my god, like I'm so grateful for everything you've done." And then there were some who were like, "I'm I'm sure would would not be satisfied unless I took their kids from nine to three thirty, like regular. You know, <laughs> In and
2: your like, home. <laughs> it's like this, this can't be done, people. I'm in a <laughs> pandemic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so just remember that too in September. Like I would like I want everything to go back to normal. I want to be teaching properly and like. Be able to talk to my kids up close and like laugh and high five them and like you know what i mean like Aww. oh we'll see what happens just got to keep it positive
2: and we'll get through it yeah. i really enjoyed this uh <laughs> this pod today so i got a lot of teacher insights <laughs> i,
0: yeah, I no, got the too. inside scoop <laughs> <laughs> the elementary school but almost i don't get that scoop very often so that wasn't <laughs> you. um but no, I definitely loved it. Shanika, it was so awesome chatting with you. I think, like, you know, your voice is so refreshing and uh, your perspective is, is, is awesome. And one that I feel like a lot of our parents that are, or, t- or followers rather, are going to be so grateful to hear. So thank you so much. But I mean, we have to tell them where they can follow you for all the great insight because they're going to just bombard your... your t- <laughs> <was> about the... Tell me more. <laughs>
1: Yeah, after the Jesse Kirkshank episode, a couple people were like, so you want to share some resources? I'm like, yes, bro, I got you. Um, yeah. I'm happy to, I have a I have a public um like travel page It's Shanika's World and Shanika's L-C-H-Y-N-I-K-A. And then his world. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. you can follow me on there and um on Twitter, I'm at it's Miss Wright, um, W-R-I-G-H-T. And, yeah, I'm so, like, I literally will give any resource you want because, like, I'm all for helping people become more educated with something that's so, like, dear to me, which is children and and race. But I'm so glad that we got to talk. I really hope that after this I can, like, meet you guys in person because you guys are so fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like we should have wine together one day. We definitely
2: should. Please believe. (laughs) Our favorite pastime. (laughs)
0: Listen, as we speak. I'm I'm ending this episode because I'm running low. <laughs> I'm like mm. <laughs> my cup is empty. No, so, um, no, but definitely we definitely need to hang out because you're super awesome, so cool. Um, shout out to Jesse Crookshank because yes, is like, connecting all these awesome people together. Yeah, love it. I yeah. love it when dope people find dope people. So good. Um, quick things, friends. Bom- <laughs> and black moms matter merch is on sale (laughs) we've
2: restocked large (laughs) and extra large because it went we have fast
0: listen i put on the extra large yesterday and i'm like oh yes (laughs) 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 this is it biker shorts and yes (laughs) baggy it's a look like the extra large is so nice so listen size up order up order for your friends if you're not a bomb mom i mean you can order for later but even still, even if you're not a mom, who cares? Rock it anyways. You know somebody who I'm gonna I'm gonna get me one and I'm not a mom, but I'm gonna support it. Yeah. I told <laughs> my friend the same thing. She's like, I wanna get the black mom's matter one, but I'm not a black mom. And she's just like, no, she said, sorry, I wanna get the black moms matter shirt, but I'm not a mom. I'm just like, But don't you believe that black moms matter? She's like, Yeah, I'm like, Well then <laughs> And she's like, Okay, I'll get one. Put me down for a small <laughs> Yeah, so just like that. So, <laughs> friends, please support buy our merch. 10% of the proceeds are going to Black Women in Motion, a fantastic um organization um, that we believe in that's local to Toronto. So, support support support. Yes. And um
2: one more time for the road. Nominate <laughs> bomb moms. <laughs> <sighs> you can DM us on our Instagram WTM Podcast. And you can also email us if you want to send a long message and email Mm. us the photos. You can also send us voice notes on Instagram and we will play them in our episode. Listen, we're making it easy
0: for you guys. Okay? (laughs) The only thing left to do is show up to your house and be like, so who's your bomb mom? (laughs) I recorded ourselves. Like that's all that's left to do um and we also really want to encourage you friends to rate us on apple Podcasts. it's the only place that you can rate us and you know what we have quite a few followers but the ratings you know they just they, they they're not really there they're not they're not really there Our rating is good but it's not reflective of the number of followers we have so please friends go on apple podcast like it rate it tell us what you think you guys have said such like amazing things to us like in our dms but we'd love to have that information shared on a public platform mm-hmm. please rate us on apple Podcasts.
2: we would really appreciate it we but will- with that being said friends nap time is over and we will see you guys in our next episode thank you again shanika oh, <laughs> bye. Bye. bye guys <laughs>